0: This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by Special Light in Decatur and Benton Harbor. There's a good chance you've walked through a Special Light door when you go to a local restaurant, school, store, or plant. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. A new report released this week shows inflation continues to ease for the fifth straight month. Business analyst David Sowerby, the managing director and portfolio manager at Ancora in Bloomfield Hills, explains. For so long, we didn't care about inflation because it was in that very low 2 to 3% range. But in the last year, 7 8% inflation rates, that's intolerable. And that's why interest rates are higher and why we have some concerns on the economy. Yes, it's getting better, but it really isn't going to be until late 2023 that we're at levels that I want to see. The latest figures show consumer prices rose 7.1% in November from a year ago, down sharply from 7.7% in October. The selection of a new U.S. House speaker is expected to be unusual when the new Congress convenes January 3rd. Congressman Fred Upton tells us Republican Kevin McCarthy is seeking the position, but it looks like he won't be able to reach the needed 218 votes on the first ballot. So what happens when there isn't a House Speaker? If there's no Speaker, nothing happens. (laughs) The Speaker swears in the new Congress and legislation starts to go through the committees, but the committees themselves cannot even form with a membership. You know, we've got, I think, 80 new members of Congress uh, that are coming in. Upton says that McCarthy is likely to force multiple votes to get elected Speaker. That's not common. It's been like, I'm not kidding, 100 years, at least 100 years before they've gone multiple ballots. But I'm pretty convinced we're going to have multiple ballots on January 3rd. Upton says the votes for Speaker could potentially go on for days. He pred- He is predicting some chaos when the new Congress convenes and tells us it'll be a, quote, thriller to watch. There have been no changes to the outcome of Berrien County's November elections following some recounts done this week. Berrien County Clerk Sharon Tyler tells us the recounts for results in Berrien Springs, Buchanan, and Coloma Public Schools took place yesterday. None of the results have changed, although Coloma School Board candidate Deb Frank gained five votes. She originally lost by 15, and now she's lost by 10. The Coloma recount had to be done twice because the first recount produced different tallies by the two workers keeping track. Meanwhile, Tyler's staff will be in Allegan County tomorrow to take part in a statewide recount of results for proposals two and three from last month. Tyler says Berrien is one of a handful of counties selected for that recount, and it will be recounting results from Bridgman, Chickaming Township, St. Joseph Township, and Royalton Township. They were randomly selected for that recount. The fate of a higher minimum wage in Michigan and the controversial legislative practice that's effectively delayed its implementation was the focus of legal arguments before a three-judge court of appeals panel this week. Attorney John Birch, representing the Michigan legislature, asked the panel to reverse a lower court order that found lawmakers should not have, quote, adopted and amended a ballot initiative that would have raised the minimum wage in Michigan to $13 an hour. First, it's undisputed among all the parties and the court of claims that the legislature can amend an initiated law that it enacts. The only question is if there's any temporal limit on that power to amend. The legislature can do anything that the Constitution does not prohibit. On the other side of the legal argument was attorney Mark Brewer, who says the concept of adopt and amend circumvents the public's ability to create policy and should be deemed unconstitutional. Although the Court of Appeals panel will take the case under advisement, the adopt and amend issue will will probably eventually wind up before the Michigan Supreme Court. Members of the Lakeshore Public Schools Board of Education have bid farewell to a longtime trustee and treasurer, Jeff Hannon. Hannon decided not to run for his seat after 15 years on the board, and trustees on Monday took turns thanking him for his leadership and service to the Lakeshore community. Here's board president Jason Beckrow. I always thought of you as a colleague and a mentor. Most importantly, though, just a, a, my friend. I've really appreciated learning from you. I, I respect you for your level head, your keen mind, but most importantly, the servant's heart. Thank you. You will be missed. According to Superintendent Greg Eating, Hannon has seen about 3,000 students graduate from Lakeshore. You can find out more about what board members said to him at our website. Engineering firm Abid Marsh is expected is expanding with the opening of new offices in Kalamazoo and Grand Rapids. It says the Kalamazoo office opened this month, and the Grand Rapids office is coming soon. Abid Marsh is an engineering, architecture, and land surveying firm with a big presence in Benton Harbor and St. Joseph. It says the opening of the two new office locations is a reflection of a steady growth pattern seen in recent years. The company employs more than 180 in 10 offices around northern Indiana and west Michigan. No one's hurt after a bomb threat at gas manufacturing in Benton Township today. Police say the threat came in about 8 a.m. and the building was emptied of staff. The Benton Township Police Department and Berrien County Sheriff's Department conducted a search of the facility and found no bomb. The Sheriff's Department provided a canine to aid in the search. Things were back to normal by late morning. There have been several attacks on electrical substations around the Pacific Northwest recently, as well as one in Moore County, North Carolina, that left tens of thousands of people without power for days. The FBI says in a new memo that criminals shot equipment or threw objects over a fence onto the equipment to damage it. Tracy Wimmer with Consumers Energy here in Michigan says they're always working to improve security. While no one can predict exactly what could go wrong within a system at any moment, we are continuously planning and monitoring and evaluating where we can improve that security, as well as the protocols for getting things back online in the event of any situation. And that, that ranges from extreme weather circumstances to a squirrel getting into a substation to even like what happened in, in North Carolina, for example. Wimmer says consumers has no history of threats. And a community visioning project for the city of Buchanan has won a national award. The city tells us a vision for Buchanan, a planning document, received the award from the urban guild for student work in an awards presentation on wednesday the vision was created throughout a six-month partnership between the city of buchanan and the andrews university school of architecture and design the urban design studio of fifth-year architectural students challenged the community to imagine development opportunities for buchanan buchanan community development director richard murphy says they were called on to quote think in ways that highlight buchanan's unique strengths while remaining true to its community integrity identity themes included placemaking, pedestrian-oriented design, family friendliness, historic preservation, and inclusive economic development. The ultimate goal of the project is to provide a roadmap for the next wave of revitalization in Buchanan. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues. The Federal Reserve is raising interest rates again. More from ABC's Derek Dennis. A half percentage point. That's the interest rate increase announced by the Federal Reserve after much larger three-quarters of a percent hikes several times earlier this year. It's another effort to curb inflation, the highest in 40 years. But analysts say the smaller rate hike is a signal. The Fed believes the economy is cooling and inflation is starting to taper off. Another sign? Tuesday's Consumer Price Index report at 7.1% inflation in November down from 7.7 percent the previous month. Fed Chair Jerome Powell hinting at more rate hike announcements in 2023. Derek Dennis, ABC News. President Joe Biden says the U.S. quote should have societal guilt for the slow pace of action on restricting access to firearms as he marked the 10th anniversary of the mass shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary School. Twenty students and six educators died in the massacre at the Newtown, Connecticut School, which shocked the nation. Biden was using the anniversary to renew his call for a ban on assault-style weapons like the one used in the Sandy Hook shooting as well as high-capacity magazines. There were no official remembrances on Wednesday in Newtown, keeping with the town's tradition of quiet reflection. Leaders of African nations are gathered in Washington for a summit this week and in a speech today, President Biden said the U.S. is committed to not just investing in but partnering with African nations. More maybe ABC's Karen Travers. Kicking off his participation in the U.S.-Africa Leaders Summit, President Biden said when Africa succeeds, the whole world succeeds. This forum is about building connections. It's about closing deals. And above all, it's about the future, our shared future. The president announced more than $15 billion in two-way trade and investment commitments, deals, and partnerships that the White House says will advance key priorities, including sustainable energy, health systems, agribusiness, digital connectivity, infrastructure, and finance. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. The number of U.S. deaths has dropped this year, but there are still more than there were before the COVID pandemic. Preliminary data through the first 11 months of the year indicates 2022 will see fewer deaths than the previous two COVID pandemic years. Current reports suggest deaths may be down about 3% from 2020 and 7% from 2021. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention posted its latest data today. It'll be months before health officials have a full tally. COVID-19 is the nation's third leading cause of death behind heart disease and cancer. Club Q shooting survivors from Colorado Springs, Colorado, testified before Congress on anti-LGBTQ rhetoric and violence today. ABC's M. Wynn is more from Washington. Survivors of last month's mass shooting at Club Q in Colorado Springs spoke at a hearing before the House Oversight Committee regarding anti-LGBTQ violence. Michael Anderson was the only bartender that night to survive the shooting. I saw my friend lying on the floor, bleeding out, knowing there was little to no chance of surviving that bullet wound. I had to tell him goodbye while I continued to fear for my life. Survivors called out the bill critics dubbed the Don't Say Gay Bill that bans instruction on gender identity and sexual orientation in kindergarten through third grade. Emwin, ABC News, Washington. Company holiday parties are making a comeback. A survey of 252 U.S.-based companies by hiring firm Challenger Gray and Christmas finds more than 57% of companies are planning an in-person holiday party this year. While still much fewer than the 75% of companies that threw parties in 2019, it's a big leap from 26% in 2021 and 5% in 2020. However, many celebrations will be smaller and more intimate as companies try to accommodate workforces that have become increasingly remote and far-flung. Virtual wine pairings and secret Santa exchanges seem to be out, but many companies are opting for toned-down lunches or activities from spas to pickleball to lure out office workers still working from home for much of the week. The severe weather that got its start more than 24 hours ago in West Texas has now moved on east to Mississippi. ABC's Jim Ryan in Dallas says the storms have claimed at least two lives along the way. Attention! The National Weather Service... The airline terminals were packed as tornadoes were forming. In the immediate vicinity of the dallas Fort Worth Airport. The lights went out, the wind gusts came pretty strong, and the, the rain... And then all I heard was a big boom. No one was hurt there, but in Caddo Parish, Louisiana, a mother and her son were killed when their home was destroyed. This morning, twisters have been reported on the ground in Mississippi. Jim Ryan, ABC News, Dallas. Ukrainian authorities say uh, they thwarted a Russian attack on Kiev and the surrounding region as their air defense system destroyed 13 explosive-laden drones. An official said drone wreckage damaged five buildings. No casualties were reported. The attempted strikes underlined the continued vulnerability of Ukraine's capital, but also highlighted Ukraine's claims of increasing efficiency in intercepting weapons. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky said Russian forces fired 13 Iranian-made drones, and all of them were intercepted. Ukraine's capital remained largely calm after the attack today, which occurred around daybreak. In another development, Ukraine's human rights chiefs said that authorities discovered evidence that children were tortured in formerly Russian-occupied areas. And as Sam Bankman-Fried awaits extradition to the U.S. from the Bahamas, the Senate Banking Committee has heard testimony about the collapse of his crypto exchange. ABC's Mike Duboski has a preview. Though he isn't testifying, Security and Exchange Commission Chair Gary Gensler is expected to be a major focus today over why the SEC wasn't watching FTX more closely. Decrypt Editor-in-Chief Dan Roberts. On the other hand, there's also been a popular take that the FTX collapse actually sort of vindicates how hard Gary Gensler has been on the industry. The committee will hear testimony from Shark Tank investor and former FTX spokesperson Kevin O'Leary, as well as actor and author Ben McKenzie. Mike Dubusky, ABC News. WSJM News now continues with your weather forecast.